What's up? Welcome to Check the Tape. We are back after week 15 in the NFL. I'm Aria Atari. We are recording this on December 18th, 2018, and I am joined once again by Brian Principe. How are you doing, uh, man? You know what? It's uh, not only are we, what now, two weeks away from the playoffs, right? It's yes. the it's the most, as as some people would say, I think I think a poet laureate said it's the most wonderful oh. time of the year. Well, not for uh, not for my New England Patriots, but oh, um, they suck. Yeah, but uh, let's 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 get into them a little later. Well, so, you don't want to start with them. You're always you're very eager to start with the Patriots. Usually, we could start. No, I rather talk about that Sunday night game because that's more interesting to me. And we'll get into we'll get into the Patriots after that one. How about that? All right, it's fair. It's fair. You got to face um, the music. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about. The Sunday night game between the Eagles and the Rams. We'll talk about the Patriots, maybe the Monday night game with the Panthers and the Saints and just, you know, interesting things in the NFL. Uh, I wanted to do, I, I wish we could have done in or out this week, but like, I don't know. Maybe we can. I, I just felt like I, the in and out stuff is, we could just talk about some of the stuff because I was just going to ask like actual questions. But anyways, let's get well, into Well, I have it. a couple in and outs for you too. So we can definitely All right, maybe you can lead that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go. I'm down. There you go. Live producing, right? Right <laughs> right in the first minute of that. It's my forte. Put it on my resume. Yeah. Um, okay, so, you know, we had the Sunday night game, and is this what's wrong with the Rams week or Nick Foles week? What would you call this? Ooh. This is almost a, this is an offset of, of in and out. I like it. Uh, first of all, yeah. Yeah. first of all, not only does Nick Foles um, basically show us that the Eagles have been making the wrong decision since Wentz has come back, but also really kind of exploits the Rams at the same time. So I think it's a combination of both. I think what's wrong with the Rams has been a two-week, maybe even a three-week issue because they struggled in Detroit before the, yeah. the Bear game. But this has been a three-week, almost month kind of feeling about the Rams ever since the Chief game. They haven't been the same team. And huge win for Philadelphia, obviously. Huge win for Do you Nick feel Foles. like that Chiefs game took every ounce of their offensive ability and then they lost Cooper Cup and they just, they're just not the same team anymore? I, I think the Cooper Cup injury is huge. Um, it, you know, he's not, he's not, you know, a top 15 receiver, not even probably a top 30 receiver in the league. But with that being said, he's such an important part of the offense for the Rams that you take him out, it really changes things yeah. offensively for them. And the, I think the real problem has been Todd Gurley. I think he's if hurt. Think about, if you think about it, he was not, not good against the, against uh, the bears. And a lot of the reason for that was he wasn't used most of the game. Yeah. But do you think he's and hurt? It, well, clearly they brought in CJ Anderson today. So they have to think there's, there's a, either an insurance policy for that, or they're concerned about his health. Well, he went on the sidelines for a little bit in the Philly yeah, he, game. his knee. Yeah, I would just sit him out these next two weeks. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's getting to, the, to be the point where you know these games aren't really going to matter very much for the Rams. I mean, they're well, locked. Kind, into they the, kind of do. If they lose another one, Chicago and Chicago, Chicago wins out. The only yeah, the really the only thing is they don't want to lose. They don't want to lose that second position to Chicago. But they're not going to really. There's no. There's not really a likelihood of them jumping the Saints at this point. Nope. And they're locked into the West title, 
So really, all they have to do is just lock in that second seed, and then I sh- they should rest to everyone. Really. What about Goff? Whenever he gets pressure, that was like Ooh. the big th- takeaway there. Uh, whenever pressure came towards Goff, it was just uh, you know he's a different quarterback. He's a completely different quarterback. Just kind of. I mean, we saw, yeah. we saw him make throws earlier in the year where I think you and I would go back and forth and say, "Wow, these are these are some incredible throws he's making." And since teams, and it started with with Detroit, when teams started to bring pressure on the Rams, and they weren't able to handle the pressure, and Goff was getting defenders in his face, and he has to throw off his back foot, or he's making you know hurried decisions. He's he's an average quarterback at best, yep. uh, and that that is very concerning. If if you are one of the three Rams fans in the world. It's very concerning. <laughs> did you see? Um, did, did you like that Twitter poll I had about? What was, um, what was it more? Uh, who was the worst look for? Yeah, it was the worst look for the uh, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and, or Rams fans. I voted <laughs> for Rams fans. Yeah. And um, but let's look at the other side of this. Let's look at Carson Wentz and the Eagles. So, you know, I was kind of like waiting to see if this was ever going to be a story this season because obviously. You know, I don't do not like this Eagles team after they beat my Patriots, my beloved New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, I always was wondering, you know what? I can't wait for them to have a quarterback controversy. That's the tax they have to pay on the Super Bowl. They win against us. I was kind of waiting to see if something like that would happen. And for the most part, it didn't. Right. Because Foles, they were just like, once is going to come back. We're going to keep Nick until he comes back and full started the first two games kind of felt like once came back a lot earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he didn't look good in that Atlanta game. They won week one and then they lost to Tampa week two once came back. And then we never even heard about Foles till then. Yeah. And I made the point last week, you know, my buddy, uh, my buddy, Alex fam, how we texted all of us. Like, I wish we had Foles. the RPOs, at least keep defenses honest. And that was before it was announced that once had this injury and Foles was going to start. Right. He he um he was freaking out that the Eagles won. He demanded to be mentioned again on the podcast. So I feel like mention him. They yeah. should make him they should make him uh, offensive coordinator. You think he'd accept that position? <laughs> I think he would in a heartbeat, yeah. <laughs> I you know what? I I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, he could take he could take Frank Reich's old job. Um no. The, no, you you're right. It, it's it's strange because I have to believe that if if Wentz isn't hurt, he's probably starting that game. Still. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, you know, this kind of reminded me, this situation now, what do you do long-term with Wentz? Like, what if you get to the playoffs with Foles again? You trade Wentz? It reminds me a lot of, uh, remember uh, when Ohio State, and this is back to the days when I used to watch college football. Remember when they wa- Remember when Ohio State won the title with Cardell Jones? Yep. But then they had the quarterback controversy the next year, yep. you know, because it was, Baxter, what was his name? Bra- Baxter? Braxton Miller? Braxton Miller. <laughs> Braxter. <laughs> Braxter. Him and, uh, him and JT Barrett, it was, you know, Baxter was the... <laughs> Baxter was the starter. He got hurt in the preseason. <laughs> then came JT. He gets hurt, like, the last week. And then Cardell comes, wins the title. Then, like, I don't think that was, like, a big story, like, during the season. It was just, like, a preseason thing, really. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember it being a big one during the season, but this Eagles thing. I don't know. I guess it has the chance to turn into one of these type of stories, especially since once isn't going on the IR. Right. It's. We talked about this last week before we even knew about the injury, and we were contemplating whether it was time for 
for for Wentz to be benched. Yeah. And 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 we mentioned that this is a terrible situation for Philadelphia to be in. You know, you have your your guy that you thought was your franchise quarterback. You spent the draft pick on him. Uh, you you were ready to go with this guy, and not only has he not been good this year, but he hasn't won a playoff game. Right? Never won a playoff game. It's only never been a couple played. Of years. Never played in the never played in a playoff game. Right. I mean, this is third uh, year. You have a you have a quarterback that has not only won multiple playoff games, won a Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, won a Super Bowl MVP has now beaten a very good team on the road in his first game back. Looked pretty good, too. And this is a bad situation for Philadelphia. You know, maybe for the short term, if they're trying to make the playoffs this year, it's still a long shot, but the loss for for Dallas this past week helps them big time. But if they're trying to make the playoffs, it's a good situation that they finally maybe figured out that Foles is the guy. But for the long term, this is a bad, awkward situation to be in for the Eagles. Well, long term... You also have to take into the fact that Foles is a lot older than Wentz, right? right. Foles is 29. He's going to be 30 uh, during the postseason or during if they make it during January. And Wentz, you know, he's only in his third season in the league. He's 25 years old. I guess he turns 26. So I guess he's not that much older, but he's still older. And with Wentz, you had the younger quarterback who you were grooming to be your franchise quarterback, and he was going to be on this team for the next 15 years. And if you watch that 2017 season, the year they won the Super Bowl until once his injury, it sure felt like that. But we've yeah. seen it before with quarterbacks getting injured and they don't return back 100% of who they were. We saw it with RG3, obviously, right? right. Um, we saw Deshaun Watson. He came back from two ACL injuries, and he's you know still pretty good. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Garoppolo. I just don't think... It's a surefire thing that these quarterbacks mm-hmm. are going to come back from an ACL injury and just be the guy they were when they left off, right? Well, my question for you is, clearly in the offseason, if, if Foles plays well the rest of the year, they make the playoffs, especially if they do that. Maybe if, they make the playoff playoff, games. if they make the playoffs with Foles, they win out and they get some help, like Minnesota loses or something like that, and they make the playoffs with Foles, it's over for once. You cannot so, go back to him in Philly. So let's I'm just sorry. let's just say, let's just say Philadelphia makes the playoffs with yep. with Foles. Yep. What is the package that you would expect to get for Wentz if you were to trade him in the offseason? Like, what would I be asking for if I was what would Philly? You want? Yeah. So like, I'd let's say you're trading. Firsts. Wow, I don't think they're going to get two first rounds for for Carson Wentz. But that's what I would ask for. You do you honestly think that they would get that? I don't. I don't at all. Well, I'd be lucky team, to get a first-round pick. So you would trade him to the AFC, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't think Elway? So you don't think Elway would throw two firsts? So, who, so who are the team? Who are the teams that you think would trade for him? Denver. The Broncos, Broncos, the the Jags, the Jags. Yeah, I think the Jags could. Jags, the Giants. No, they're not going to trade him in the division. I'm just saying teams that would be interested. Yeah, but I'm that doesn't talking. matter. I'm talking about who cares. So, so you're so you're so you're gonna so you're gonna just assume that that an AFC team would would be the the most likely suitor. Okay, so you have two possible AFC teams. It's pr- probably it, right? For those are the two. Those are the AFC. two. The Dolphins, maybe. Mm. Eh. But the the two teams that are in need of quarterbacks, especially one is Jacksonville, and then right. Denver potentially. I don't yep. think that I don't think that Philadelphia is getting two, and they'll be even lucky if they get one first round pick for Wentz at this point. 
quarterback coming off a major injury. Well, hold on, we saw Cooper. Well, hold on, he's not coming off the injury. This was the year he came off the injury. So you could say to yourself, this is a two-year injury, and we're getting him after he's already had the year. That's a lot. Back. That's a lot of assumption to, to throw a first-round. Yeah, pick but we at. we saw somebody. I mean, how many first-round picks did um the Bears give for Khalil Mack? Two, right? I know they got a yeah. second rounder in return. Yeah, but that was a guy that Khalil Mack wasn't coming. They got off two, injury. right? Um, yes. But they gave up the second rounder. Okay, I just want to be 100 percent sure on that. Can't uh, lead the the listeners astray. Yeah, right. That's the right word. I I, I always try to use the darkness. Yeah. yeah, I always try and use these fancy phrases, and then I like realize after go I back, asked, like, is that the right way to say it? Yeah, after I started the sentence, I'm like, I have no idea if that was right. <laughs> the thing the thing about Wentz that would concern me is that you do bring up a good point that yes, he had this is this is his season coming off the injury. Yeah. But he hasn't shown any kind of bright, shining moments that make you say, okay, he's still got that. He's still, yeah. you know, he's well, the showing. Price, the asking price is two first, and then I guess there's room for negotiation. But I'd be, and I'd be really worried, and, you know, I, I was texting you this during the game, and you, I think I made a pretty good point, and you made one too. I was like, why is he, like, smiling on the sidelines? Does he know his job is in jeopardy? Like does he does he not realize this? And then you said, I liked your point a lot more than mine. To be honest, you said it feels like the team just plays harder for Foles. Like this yeah. is like they want them a Super Bowl. They like see him and they see like the battles he went through. Remember, he almost left football, and like this is a guy who just persevered, persevered. Finally, got another chance. He's been there before too. He's uh, he's been an Eagle before. Right before he came back. Yeah, yep. yeah. So they, I just feel like they like him more. <laughs> Yeah, I really and when I told you that, I I mean I was I was truthfully saying that I I truly meant it, but that was before that was like halfway through the game and it was still close and then they started to pull away and Wentz was uh, and excuse me, uh Foles was starting to play better. And it just appeared that way more and more as the game went on. And the one yeah. the one person that I really kind of saw that really kind of meticulate in was Alshon yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah, they were he clearly played his best game together. of the season. He got he was getting fed fed the ball, which is what they should be doing. I mean, I was getting office. I was getting uh, Super Bowl flashbacks. Yeah, right. Not the, the, good, not the where, good ones. Why? Where he was taking over the game. The problem yeah. with Wentz is that not only had he become kind of immobile in the pocket, it seemed as though this season he was heavily relying on Zach Ertz. There was no yeah. downfield. There was no downfield game at all. Yep. And the second the second that Foles came in, immediately Aguilar was involved in the in the offense. Jeffrey, Jeffrey. very much involved in the offense. They won that game, yep. played well on offense, and Zach Ertz had two or three catches in that game. That's how you Nick Foles, man. That's how you know you, you, the, uh, you got a better offense moving forward. That offense was horrible. Horrible. Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP gives a great interview, but uh, let's shift gears uh, to the other team in Pennsylvania. Real quick, real quick for you, really, really quick. And I, I, I didn't want to tell you this until we we started the podcast. So okay. earlier in the week, somebody called up Francesa and said, oh, "Hey, okay. if, if Foles if Foles wins another Super Bowl and M, Super Bowl MVP, is he a Hall of Famer? Because apparently, oh, Francesa." Yeah. <laughs> Ended Eli Manning as a as a Hall of Famer because he has the yeah. two he has the two Super Bowl MVPs. Yeah. So he dismissed the guy. He's like, you got your clown. But that has been his whole argument for like his entire career. For Eli, about, 
about yeah about Eli making uh, making the Hall of Fame. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> Mike, Mike, if Nick Foles uh, if Nick Foles gets his second Super Bowl MVP, is he better? Is he the best quarterback in the NFC East in the last ten years? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, um, all right, so let's talk about the other team in Pennsylvania. The Pittsburgh Steelers had the big matchup against my beloved New England Patriots, who cannot win on the road. They're three and five on the road this season. Um, their only wins are against the Bears, the Bills, and the Jets. Only one of those is like kind of impressive. Um, I, I I don't know what. The, how about you go? How about you give some thoughts and then I'll, I'll well, come in. So, I will so, say this. I will actually. I just told you to go ahead, and then I was going to say this. <laughs> and I can rattle this off the top of my head, so I just want to kind yeah. of flex my muscles here. Right. Um, this is the worst record the Patriots have had since 2009. Because 2010, they go 14-2. and two. 2011, they go 13-3. and three. 2012, they go 12-4. and four. They go 12-4 and four and 13, 14, and 15. 16, they're 14 and 2, and 17, they're 13 and 3. This is the worst record they've had this decade. Like, this is the worst Patriots team of this decade. They, I, I told you you were going to go first, and then I was just going to go on a rant on my own. Should I just, just continue the rant? Keep going. Keep going. Keep Should going. I just continue the rant? Yeah. I, I mean, I've been saying this, like, they don't have a lot of the talent that all these other teams have. And, you know, a lot of that is because they've lost draft picks, you know, whether it was the flake gate or they traded Brandon cooks for a draft pick and the offensive tackle. They got Isaiah Wynn towards Achilles. They haven't been hitting on a lot of these draft picks really. And the guys who they've had throughout these years, which helped the good records. A lot of these guys aren't on the team anymore. Chandler Jones, Jamie Collins, uh, Danny Amendola is gone. Deion Lewis, uh, you know, Jamie Collins wasn't that good his last year, so I shouldn't even say him. But notice I didn't name Malcolm Butler either. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, they've lost a lot of the guys who they had and the guys that are left. I don't know. I kind of feel like they're all kind of past their primes or not playing their best year. The only guy on the Patriots who I would look at and say, you know what, he's having the best year of his career is Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. He's yeah. having, he, uh, you know, the Pro Bowl rosters came out today. He made – the roster at corner in the AFC. I mean, he's been really good. He's been a shutdown corner. He was much better than Malcolm Butler ever was. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, the receiving core, Gronkowski, we've talked about this numerous times on this podcast. He's just not the same guy. He doesn't just bulldoze people like he used to, even though he did have that one play against Pittsburgh. But that was like the only time I've seen that like all year. That was and the I first time Gronkowski really struggled against Pittsburgh, too, in his career. Well, he's been struggling against teams all year. He's just not right. the same guy. And then right. Edelman, he, he, yeah, yeah, Edelman had uncharacteristic drops. Like he's not the type of player who drops balls. And you know, even before his injury, he wasn't looking like the same guy in 2014 and 13. And he's just not the same guy he was. Uh, and that makes sense. I mean, he's a 5'11 former college quarterback who's in his 30s now, coming off an ACL injury. What are you, what, what are you expecting? Hogan had the one fluke play where he had the touchdown. Yeah, it's wide open. Um, and then the running game, you know, they had this thing where they would go to White as like the pass catching back out of the out of the backfield, and they would go to Michelle as like the more traditional running back. And then Rex Burkhead came in, and to be honest, I think he kind of like threw the whole thing out of yeah. whack. I, yeah. I don't, I don't like him in there. I would just stick that was with my, Michelle and White. 
that was going to be my point, and and I was going to pose a question to you because that's the one thing that really has seemed to me that that's the most out of whack, uh, other than Brady okay. not. Well, the running game as a well, Brady's the one that Brady's the one nobody wants to admit that he's just he's not he's not he's not been good. I mean, it, constantly throwing off of his back foot, especially on that last pass, no juice on the pass, throw off his back foot, but. I think a large part of the problem is that the running game is essentially non-existent. There's no stability in it. And so my, the only, the only thing I can rationalize the reason why they're at, they're consistently rotating three running backs in and out is that they want to keep them rested, playoffs. rested for the playoffs. And I understand that if you're, if you have 11 wins at this point in the season, but they ha- they have nine wins. Yeah, they now they're out of the bye at the moment, so the Texans moved to two. But let's talk about Brady a little bit more. You know, back-to-back weeks, he's had uncharacteristic Tom Brady plays where he thought there was the timeout, apparently, against Miami the end of the half. Mm-hmm. He threw that one interception. I, you know, this guy won the MVP last year, okay? This guy threw 500 yards in a Super Bowl last year, okay? So, you know, you can do the Max Kellerman, oh, there's the cliff, he fell off of it all you want. But, like, you know, there's been moments this season that Tom Brady has been the same quarterback he's been his whole career. Like, there was that stretch during the Colts game or the Chiefs game or even that Dolphins game last week. uh, Yeah, he played his best game of the the season last week. I um, But the thing that's kind of stood out to me about this Patriots team that's been the most uncharacteristic of – the Patriots teams and Tom Brady's teams the last 10, even more than 10, obviously like 20 years, uh, 19, 18, whatever the exact number is. The exact number is 18 because he started in 01. But anyways, um, the uncharacteristic team, the uncharacteristic thing about this team is when they fall behind, like they did in the Steelers game, when they did in the Tennessee game, when they did in, uh, the Lions game, you would always think to yourself about the Patriots. Even last year, you would think this still, oh, they're going to come back. They got Brady, you know? Yeah. And you also would thought that in the AFC Championship game when they came back against Jacksonville last year. And you were thinking when they got the ball back against Philly before there was the fumble. Brandon Everyone Hammond, thought they were going to win. Everyone. It seems like since that moment, it's when – that hasn't happened. They haven't had like the game winning drive this year. I guess they went back and forth with the chiefs a little, but if you remember the Patriots, the Patriots were up early and then the chiefs kind of came back. The Patriots scored again. Yeah. They put them away. Yeah. So that wasn't like a game where they had like this amazing comeback where they were down or they had to like have this signature game winning drive. I mean, they did have the game winning drive, but, um, it, it, the, the score was tied at the time, if I remember it correctly, mm-hmm. when Gronk kind of uh, ran down. But um, I don't know. It just I, I was waiting for the comeback because, you know, it was the Steelers and the Patriots owned the Steelers and it's Tom Brady and it just didn't happen. And it, it reminded me of the Super Bowl when you just think, oh, Brady, he hasn't he's thrown 500 yards this game. No brainer. We're getting the touchdown here. It just reminded me of that. I'm like. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about is Tom Brady still the guy with two minutes left that you would give the ball to? I, I, maybe not. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to say not, but like, because 
of the track record and everything, and I would never go against Tom Brady, but I don't know. So I so last week I asked you after the Dolphins game, were you officially worried in the season? And you said you did about say you were officially worried about what the Patriots. Season? The Patriots, yes. You told yeah. me you were. You told me you that was that was the first time you told me that they were you were worried about the Patriots this season. Yeah, what we haven't talked you? about the defense. What like does that running... make? You, what does that make you this, after this week? Even more worried, and we haven't even talked about the defense. I know they held them to seventeen points. But you got to remember, there was a couple turnovers. Like the Steelers were moving the ball. Roethlisberger threw us two picks, and there was the uh, missed field goal. Mm-hmm. And you know the run defense was horrible. Like yeah, James Conner, <laughs> James Conner was out, and this guy Samuels was just having his way with the defense. Um, the passing game, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster caught that one ball. It would have been over, like, right then and there. Brady wouldn't even have had to come back. But the passing defense has actually been pretty good for the Patriots. Like, I actually like our secondary. But um, I don't know, man. The run defense was awful. The offense is just – and there was no no huddle from the offense, which is a thing that the Patriots do from time to time. I didn't really see that. Like, when they just – you know, they do the hurry-up offense. Yeah. And then, um, Yeah. The Steelers though, needs to get out of the offense. He really does. It, I mean, <laughs> having there's, it's not like they're they're clicking on offense. And to bring in to rotate three running backs in when your offense is struggling to begin with, yeah, is a recipe for for disaster. You're not going to have any momentum on offense. Here's yeah. the thing I will say about the Patriots in the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, they're they're going to make the playoffs. Where, where they're, they're at, they're going to win the division. Yeah, right. Where they're at seeding-wise is going to be basically the question that remains to be seen. With that being said, who who in the, in the AFC, other than Kansas City, are you truly looking at that you would say, eh, the Patriots would be underdog in that game? Um, well, that all depends kind of on the home field advantage, right? But so so let's say the Patriots travel to Houston. You think the Texans are going to be a favorite in that game? I think the Patriots would be a slight favorite in right. that. Right. That's what I'm saying. The the Patriot regardless of how badly the Patriots are playing right now, if they play half as good as they have or they, if they play half better than what they're playing right now, they will beat half these teams in the playoffs. The Texans are not very good. <sighs> the the Steelers are up and down. The Chiefs are, have been shown to be beaten. I think the, the Chiefs are the only team that I would I would pick to win, unless the unless the unless the Patriots are going back to Pittsburgh, I would pick the, the Patriots to win every one of those other games. Yeah. On, on the road, on the road, at home, wherever. I don't know. It's just hard to be too confident now. I'm really hoping that Nick Foles can continue it and knock off Houston this week and get the Patriots back into a two seed if they listen, can beat the Bills. Listen, you don't have to. You you have no reason to feel confident. I'm not telling you to feel confident. Well, <laughs> what no about what? About, let's talk about the other side of the game because obviously there was the Pittsburgh Steelers who actually won the game. I to me, they, Roethlisberger looked bad. <laughs> he looks bad every week. Like he, Roethlisberger, I think at this point, you can just assume he's going to throw you one interception and maybe another one every well, every thing, week. Here's the thing with Roethlisberger. Everyone lo- loves to hang their, you know, their argument on, you know, whether or not he's a good quarterback. And the, and the, the people that lean towards that he's this great quarterback 
love to hang their hats on the the exorbitant passing numbers and the yards and the touchdowns and all this, that, and the other thing. But, but he does that because he throws the ball 50 times in a game. Like, yeah. nobody nobody in the NFL, maybe outside of Phillip Rivers, maybe, yeah. or maybe even Mahomes now, they throw the ball a lot. But Roethlisberger has to lead the league since since he's been drafted for throw for how many times he throws the ball. It's insane. They I he they throw the ball so many times inside the five when they shouldn't be. He's throwing the ball on like second and ones and and third and twos and it's just ridiculous. They throw the ball so much, and a lot of the reason why he has his numbers is because of the amount of times that they pass the ball. Yeah. But his decision making is atrocious in some yeah. situations. Constantly making bad decisions throwing the ball, especially in the red zone this year. He's made, he's no, made some I really don't trust. Bad, I don't trust Roethlisberger. Really bad decisions. So, do as far as him being you know a quarterback that you trust, you shouldn't. But I think a lot of people do, unfortunately. But they shouldn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I and don't we know, put, how about how about we put the hex on our boy Russell Wilson this week? Why would we do that? Well, we we didn't want to, but we we did by calling him, you know, the guy that we want to have the ball. Oh, well, I thought you meant for this upcoming week. Oh. No, 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 no. This oh. past week. This past week. Yeah, we did say, it. I, but I think we said that like the week before, though. That was bad by them. They couldn't even beat the Niners. Like, I I don't care if you're at home or if you're if you're on the road. Like, it's the Niners. It's Nick Mullins. That was a classic Seattle loss, though. Classic, like. Do you think they were kind of looking ahead to the Chiefs too? That and they just, for whatever reason, they always lose like bad in division games on the road. Yeah, they always have like that one bad game, either the Niners or the Cardinals, right? Yeah. Always, oh, it's just, it's just, you scratch your head and you're like, what? The Seattle so, lost to. It just doesn't make any sense. You know, this game happened on Thursday night, but I kind of wanted to talk about Chiefs. Uh, Chargers? Chiefs Chargers, yeah. The division matchup. Now both teams are eleven and three. Chiefs have the tiebreaker though, because the Chargers have an extra division loss because they lost to Denver earlier in the year. Um what's the big takeaway from that one? Phillip Rivers is MVP. Phillip Rivers is the MVP this season. We I talked the- about that like th- two or two or three weeks ago. We did. Like we, we outlined the case for him because it was after Drew Brees had lost to the Cowboys, yep. right? The Saints lost to the Cowboys. We're like, oh, it's all going to come down to that Thursday night matchup. Not, neither of us thought the Chargers were going to win that game. I was shocked they won that game, especially when especially they went when they for lost Allen. They lost Keenan Allen like in yeah, the second Yeah, they lost Keenan Allen, and they went for the two-point conversion. And to all the people were like, oh, the refs ruined the game, blah, blah, blah. Well, the refs helped the Chiefs like extend one drive, too. The, so. the, how about the Chiefs scored two on two drives that were extended? There, I think there were three times on both of those two, drives. two, I think it was one. They were extended. They extended the drives on like three different uh, chances where the Chiefs had third down. They were extended by penalty, holding, 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 holding. The flag was thrown forty times in that game. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And all the people that were questioning. I mean, no, the, it's bad that like the refs do those things to extend the drives when it's like. But it was both but, teams. I yeah, mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah. it was bad, but at least it was consistently bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know what I mean. And the other the other thing too is everyone that complained was obviously not complaining now because it worked out. But everyone that was saying no, you don't go for two. That is the perfect. That was the perfect, perfect time to go for two. You had you're all the, the momentum. Yep. You're on the road. 
you go if you go to overtime, you're basically allowing the game to go to a coin flip. Yeah, you're no guarantee you're getting the ball. Right. That was the perfect time. Anthony Lynn, under underdog for coach of the year. Really? Oh wow. Anthony Lynn. Yes. Yes. So what about what about MVP? Is it Rivers? Because or do you oh, just yeah, say just, or do so you just tough. say, you know, oh well his team still isn't gonna win the division. All I, you know, all 16 games have to count the same, right? Right. I think here's my take on it. I think after last night's game, Drew Brees is out. He yeah, because he's, he's had done. two stinkers in the last three weeks. And I don't want to hear Actually, that. You he know, wasn't even that good against Tampa, right? I don't want to hear the whole argument that always, oh, but he's never, he's, this is a guy that never, stop it. Like, stop it. You have yeah. to be good all year. Mahomes I still kind of feel like it's Mahomes, right? Mahomes has been good all year. Rivers, though, has moved into that second spot. If they win the division, Rivers is going to be the MVP. Yeah, like I know they just won that game against Kansas City, but you know that game came down to basically a two-point conversion. Like the teams were kind of even the whole game, right? Right, and Mahomes was good. I mean, here's the thing: the game in the games that Kansas City has lost, Mahomes has been good. Yeah, it's not like he's been the reason why they've lost. They've had bad offensive games, and they lost because of that. So Mahomes is thrown for. About 600 more yards than Rivers. He has 14 more touchdowns, but Rivers has thrown three less interceptions. Yeah. And Here's- their teams have the same record, and Mahomes is leading the division. So if you look at it from the holistic perspective of all 16 games, like, and you just weren't watching it week to week to week, and you're just some random person, and you just watched, and you just like looked at these stats, looked at the standings, you're like, yeah, why wouldn't this guy win MVP? Right. Oh, his team just lost to them? Okay, they beat them in week one. We're right. just supposed to not act like week one matters, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to. I mean, obviously, it's going to come down to how these how they play the next two weeks, and both of them have plenty to play for. Obviously, they're playing for the division, but right. it's going to come down to how they play and who wins the division. I think right. the Chargers are the hottest team in the AFC right now, and they got the big game against Baltimore. And you know, when the Chargers are hot and everybody likes the Chargers, that's usually what I feel like they let you down. Like they kind of did that against Denver this year. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but you know, on that uh. Now, we can get to the in and out later if you had a couple ones. Well, real quick, uh, you asked me what my biggest takeaway was, and it's not even the 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 MVP talk. And you're gonna yeah. you're gonna think this is crazy, and it oh. actually it's perfect timing because of what you just brought up. But I think the Chargers are a better all around team than Kansas City. No, that's not crazy. I think they are. Their defense is a hundred times better. Their defense is better. They have you know Ingram, Bozen. They have a really good secondary with uh, yes. Derwin James and uh, what's his name, Casey Hayward. Yep, and Joey Bosa, uh, healthy and back, which is huge for them. And when then Mike, have, how about that Mike Williams? Mike Williams took over for. How about Hunter Allen. Henry? Hunter Henry. Hunter, had yeah, right. Hunter, Hunter Henry had a big <laughs> game right on the IR. Uh, but uh, this, and especially poor, when they get everyone back. They they won this they won that game on Thursday night without their top leading rusher. They won that game without their leading receiver. That's scary. But they had Hunter Henry <laughs> in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen A. What a guy, right? What a guy. What he doubled down though. We got to give him credit. Stephen A. And I would fight over one thing though, and it's Mike Tomlin being a head coach in the league. Oh, I I, 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 I love Stephen A. I do um, like. All right, so what's so I wanted to talk about you know the hottest teams. I just wanted to point out, and we don't have to like go into this that much because I want to get into in and out, and then we got to do our old man take of the week. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out the Chicago Bears. 
have lost four games this year, and I can say they probably could have or should have won their four losses. Week one against Green Bay, remember Rodgers had the miracle comeback, and then the Packers sucked the rest of the season, right? Yep. All right, that's their first loss. Their second loss is that Miami game where they fumbled on the one-yard line, and then I think they didn't they fumble on the one-yard line twice. It was weird, and they went to overtime and lost. Yeah, the Dolphins fumbled on the one-yard line a couple times too. Yeah, yeah, they fumbled on the one-yard line, and there was another another um, drive where Trubisky threw a red zone pick. Yeah, and uh, Jordan Howard fumbled on the goal line in that game too. So, okay, that one you could have won. The third one against the Patriots. This is the only – and I'm not just saying this because I – That was the Hail Mary game. Yeah, the Hail Mary was just like, whoa, and then they got stopped on the one-yard line. Um, And then, you know, that should have been a sign the Patriots were going to lose a stupid game this year, like the Miami one. But, um, no, so they threw that – they threw that Hail Mary and got stopped at the one-yard line. And even if they had gotten that one, I think it still would have gone to overtime, though. Um, I'm not sure if they would have won it there. I don't remember the exact score, but so there's that one. Okay. You could say, Oh, well they could have won that one. And then they lost to your New York football giants, but that was with chase Daniel and in overtime. Yeah. And in overtime. And so like you could make the case, Chicago's the best team and all their losses are bullshit. Yeah. You can make, you can definitely make that case. I don't the think thing, you can make that case for other teams, though. Yeah, the, if they had scored that touchdown, it would have been a tied game. If they they're won clearly not the best team. Clearly. But it's atrocious. I just wanted to make that argument. So let's get to in and out. Did you have any? So the one, the one I, I definitely Wait, had. Wait, before we get to in and out I'm ready. Should I do a sponsored, uh, a fake sponsored ad? Yes. What? Of course. So today's episode is brought to you by... Or not brought to you by, had to correct myself there, not brought to you by Diet Coke. We are not brought to you by Diet Coke because we are not worthy of Diet Coke because that is the drink of the great Mike Francesa. And we are nowhere near the uh, status of that legend. So we do not drink Diet Coke and we are not sponsored by Diet Coke. And I would not drink Diet Coke anyways because Diet Coke actually sucks. But um, was that good? It was good. Was that good? That was good. You drink Diet Coke? No. I don't drink any kind of soda. Yeah, I don't drink soda either. You know, I only drink soda when I'm sick because, like, I don't know. It, like, different taste than just, like, orange juice constantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm ever, like, looking for, like, a little bit of a sugar sugar thing, I'll do, like, root beer once or twice a year. Yeah. I, I don't really drink soda either. All right. So you had some in and out ones? How many did you have? Uh, I have one written down right now, but okay, I can uh, no, we can just do that one and get to our old man take. So my my first in and out's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, so every time they they show a game of any of the teams that are going to be playing in L.A., they always show the renderings of the new stadium, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they do that. Yeah. So are you in, are you in or in or out on the stadium being below sea level? Oh, is that the case? The new one? It's below the ground. Well, you know, I I love that stadium. Like, number one, I hate how, like, owners got cities to, like, pay for the stadiums. It was so stupid. But Kroenke's actually funding this whole thing himself, right? Yeah. So, I, I number one, I like that part. Number two, I like the location of the of the stadium. Right by the forum. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
I just like, you know, I like the idea of having the stadium in LA and you got the NFL network and stuff there, right? Yep. And number three, like, have you seen the pictures of that stadium? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, that, uh, it looks real nice. But, like, no, I really like having it in Inglewood. I think that's, like, a cool area in L.A. Um, and then just, like, the pictures of the stadium are nice. You know, um, this next year, I think, was actually supposed to be the year they were going to be in it. Right, yeah. But they got pushed back one year. Well, the th- the reason the reason why it's being bu- built like this, the field of play will be actually like in the ground, and the reason why is because the stadium was too tall, and yeah. it's near the airport. So yeah. the the airport told the 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 them building the for them building that stadium. They needed to build it lower because that was like the ordinance of that area. Oh, really? Nothing could be taller than a certain, you know, level of the in the air. And it was oh. too tall. The first like the first plan for it was too tall. So they kept the the same exact layout of the stadium and just put everything down in the ground. Hmm. Pretty crazy. My second in and out also has to do with that Sunday night game. Yeah. Were you in or out on NBC? Switching up the location for Collinsworth on his slide-in. Oh, I saw that. It was it was <laughs> interesting to say the least. Came out of left field. Literally. 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 He loves that. He loves it. Dude, I always love when they show him, like after they showed Al and Al kind of gives the little preview. Collinsworth just has that grit on his he face. Loves- like he <laughs> it always looks like he's chewing like twelve packs of gum, like yeah, that, that stirred up a bunch of controversy. Um, yeah, no, I'm in. I'm 100% in. You know, I keep going back and forth on which broadcast booth I love the most. The Nance Romo or the Michaels Collinsworth. And I just can't decide. Oh, I, here's the thing, though. The reason why, I mean, I mean, you have a love-hate relationship with Jim Nance. So there, it's a no, little no, bit. No, it's of, all love now. It's, it's all, all love. love now. All right. So, so, and you love Romo. Yeah. Oh, this is so tough. Yeah, it's all love now. You gotta, I, oh, listen, I don't appreciate Jim Nance and the Masters and the cabin the and the Butler cabin. I mean, what what are you doing? Here's the thing, though. I don't think you can interchange those two guys. Like, I don't think I don't think Romo would do well with Michaels, and I don't think Nance would do well with Collinsworth. Well, are you ready for? Well, this is probably going to take a while because his season has been so good. But when are we going to get Joe Buck and Philip Rivers? I'm telling you, Philip Rivers is the next. He is the next professional football player to be in a, in a booth. That would be great. I'd well, he's got that. nine kids. I mean, you think he's gonna want to like be away he's from gotta, them? Or he's gotta make money somehow, though. Kid number he, ten's on the way. He's pretty well off. He's pretty well off. No, I think it's kid number nine that's on the way. I, uh, I'm not sure. I've lost count. Maybe he's lost too count many. too. No. <laughs> so let's get into the old man take of the week. You want to? You want to go? You want to go first? Yeah, I will. Go I will go first, and a lot of my a lot of my inspiration has been drawn from that Sunday night game, because okay. as I was watching the game, it was very it was honestly a pretty boring game, as most of these games have been throughout the entire season. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. but it was a game. pretty pretty boring game. Yeah, yeah, pretty boring game. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, and I and I was thinking, what can I? Ha- I need to figure out my old man take of the week, and perfectly as I'm thinking about it. The fans, as I use air quotes, 
uh, here. The fans in the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum yep. start their beloved chant, Whose House? Rams House. First of all, the dumbest chant in the history of the world. According, yeah, not a, not a good one. Terrible chant. And the reason why Mike Wilbon hates this chant is because... The Rams house, according to the, the Los Angeles Rams, is the Coliseum, correct? Eighty percent of the people yeah. eighty percent of the people in that stadium on Sunday night were not Rams fans. Ah eighty might be too a little too high. It's more than fifty. It's definitely more than fifty, yeah. More than fifty. <laughs> more than half the fans in that stadium were not Rams fans. And this is a whole, it's such a marketing scheme, the whole whose house, Rams house. And it's getting ready for them to be in the new stadium with the Chargers. So they could call that stadium their house. Yeah. It's the dumbest thing. Dumbest thing. I'm out. out. I'm out. Wilbon's out. It's just, ugh. You know, because they're going to host a playoff game. Like, if one of those teams with a big fan base, like the Cowboys or the Bears some... Imagine yeah. if Dallas plays the Rams. There's, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like seventy thirty. Or the Bears. Yeah, or the Bears. Bears haven't been to playoffs in a while. They'll travel out there. The yeah. Vikings, maybe. <laughs> Green um, Bay. Green Bay basically bought the stadium out earlier in the year. Yeah. So let me get to mine. Mine is, um, you know, you've seen all this year, and it started last year actually with the Super Bowl and Doug Peterson being aggressive and going for it on the fourth down, right? And now you got all these coaches like Matt Nagy had the fake punt. Uh, Sean McVay had one in the Sunday night game that actually didn't work out. And Nagy's didn't work out either. And, you know, these coaches keep going for it on fourth downs. They do the fake punts. They don't care where they are in the field. They're just like, oh, we have four downs. You can't stop us. And, uh, you know, Peterson went for one on Sunday night that they didn't get. And. I think we've kind of gone overboard with this. And it's like every all these announcers and all these people who cover football, there's like, oh, these guys are so aggressive. This is the new NFL. You got these aggressive-minded coaches. You got uh, Mike Vrabel. You got Matt Nagy. And all these, you got to be aggressive now. And it's just like, come on. Like, why did the Eagles kick the field goal there? You know, they just let, they just let, why, why not just punt the freaking ball? Like, yeah. I, I think we've kind of gone overboard with this whole aggressive thing, and it worked for Peterson in the Super Bowl, and now everyone's just kind of lost their minds with this crap. It allows you to be dumb and have no repercussions. Yeah. Poor Mike Tomlin. Like, when he stopped doing this stuff, like, that. It, <laughs> <laughs> you remember when he was, like, going for it on two, for two? On yeah. Like, like, touch, opening touchdown? He yeah. He doesn't do that anymore. No. Because he got chewed out for it. Yeah. Um... I, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't really like I understand like there is some benefits to being aggressive and going for it on fourth down and you always want to kind of go for it when you're in your opponent's territory. I mean, a lot of it's situation dependent, too. Um, but if you can, like, you know, back your opponent up on their one, it's just situation dependent and stuff. But I feel like it's gone a little overboard. Yeah, it, it it's it's unfortunately allowed a lot of coaches to be stupid and get away with it. Yeah, and it, and it all—it's just bad football. It just—it—it all—it all makes sense now. You, when you sit and watch these games, and you're and you're looking at your TV, and you're like, "Why are all these games bad? Like, <laughs> why are we watching bad, low score or, or not close?" And 
kind of, you know, just speaking of that, do you remember the Texans Jets game when the Jets like came short on the fourth down and then like they were thinking about challenging it or whatever? Oh my God. Yeah. And then, oh, Brian called a timeout. What? (laughs) And then they didn't challenge it. But I think the ref said something like this wasn't a play that was, I think there was like forward progress or something and the Jets actually couldn't challenge it. Um, but why the hell was O'Brien um, calling a timeout there, like giving the Jets? Yeah, Bill O'Brien was was one more loss away from getting fired, and now yeah. team is now and now his teams in prime is in a prime spot to get a buy. They're about to get a buy if it's, they can just hold on. It's that's unreal. just the nature of this of this year in the NFL. It's just been so unpredictable. Really poor football, bad officiating, really bad bad look for the NFL throughout most yeah. of the season. They need a very good... No, but it's still great. I still love it, you know? I mean, obviously, if you like the if you like football, you still love it. But for the for the casual fan, for the people that are saying, oh, the NFL is crap, I'll never watch it, this, that, and the other thing, they need a good postseason. They need exciting postseason football yep. for, to kind of make up for how crappy... I mean, you, you texted me. You said, I can't believe that this is week 15 and there's not one good game on right now. And Look, I was the one, one o'clock, o'clock. the one o'clock slate was a joke. And then there was only two games at four. So, I mean, what were you going to watch? You, you really only had one game to watch. Yeah. It was the, it was the Pat Steelers game. You weren't going to watch Seattle and, and the Niners stink it up. Yeah. So. Anyways, I think that wraps it up for uh, a weird week 15. Browns um, are still in. The Browns are still in. I think this is also the last time we're going to be doing this podcast on Tuesday nights. I think after this one, you know, because the next two weeks there's holidays and stuff, but we'll probably get them out early. Maybe we'll do Wednesday for the Christmas week, but I think New Year's week we're going to get it out Monday maybe. We're going into prime time, baby. Yeah, and then once the playoffs start, we can get them out at the nights because it's, you know, give us You're going to get our live, our live reacts. Yeah, so I mean, um, been ready during those weeks. We're we're usually heated after these, some of these games. Yeah, I, I think it's better off. this way. It's better yeah, this no, way. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we usually have time to cool off. We won't be. We'll be heated. Yeah, it'll be good. We'll start making picks and stuff. And anyways, this is fun. Always a pleasure. I will talk to you on the podcast next week. Thanks for coming on again, man. Hey, man. Anytime. Have a uh, happy happy holidays. I'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya.